Y'all can be seated, right? It's always weird coming to a new place and you don't know the rhythms of, or what you're supposed to say. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to tell you that or not. Like Camper said, I am, my name is Peter Rowan. I'm the relatively new campus minister at VCU in Richmond with Reform University Fellowship. Uh, and one of the joys, really, that I get to have in my job, Ben shares this, is that uh, we get to go around and, well, we get to preach and help out and things like that. But the joy really is ours. Um, the joy is ours because we get to see how the Lord is working across the Commonwealth, uh, in other states sometimes, um, and we get to see how, how people sing differently, how, how the prayers, the rhythms of prayers that you all have together. Uh, it's one of the great honors that I get to have. And uh, about, uh, well, I think it was a couple months before I moved out here, which was a little bit over a year ago, so say a year and a half ago, my parents were out in this area. My parents have been to Williamsburg, I don't know, like half a dozen times. I'm from Washington State, okay? So that's a long ways. Um, but what do you think they do? When they ...taverns and walk the street. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Um, but what they did that time since I've lived in the Commonwealth, um, every maybe two months, my mom will ask me, hey, have you been to Grace Covenant? <laughs> no, they haven't asked me yet. Or I don't know. I don't know what I'd say. Um, but so, so this week, uh, I talked to my, both my parents a couple times, and they and they asked what I was doing. I'm preparing a sermon for Grace Covenant. <laughs> and they're very, they, were, they look at, the, at that time very, uh, they were very happy to get to worship with you all. They, they loved getting to worship with you all and to sing with you. And I get to experience that this morning. It's great. Um, and over this last year, as I'm sure this is the case with your lives, I've experienced uh, times of happiness and times of sorrow, right? Um, life is scattered with bright moments and then uh, with dark times. That's, that's life. Um, I bet, I would imagine, that as you've worked your way through some of the psalms, you've learned that many psalms, the, in fact, the greatest amount of psalms are in this category called lament, lament psalms. And this psalm actually somewhat falls into that a little bit, but I want to call this not a lament psalm, but a happy psalm. It's sunny out. We're going to talk about happiness. Um, and happiness comes in all different ways, right? I woke up Friday morning and I checked weatherchannel.com, which is almost a habit in the morning, on my phone, and it said it was 63 degrees outside. I'm, I'm from Seattle. <laughs> yes. um, was it a mundane happiness? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> um, but that, th this is life, right? It's, it's deep times of happiness and actually deep, deep sorrow. And there's only a few times in life where you get to really experience the, just the deep, deep joys. Well, turn with me, if, if you have a Bible, to Psalm 32. If you don't know where that is, that's 
fine. You just kind of open up your Bible and let it fall. Well, mine will fall that because it has a ribbon there, right? But it, it, the Psalms are the big, it's, it's the big book right in the can't find it, it's probably someone next to you will help you out. Um, I'm going to read this and then we're going to pray. But this is, this is God's word. Uh, he gives it to you, uh, both for your Psalm 32. This is a mascal of David. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. These next couple of verses, uh, most commentators think this is actually God speaking back to David. Um, so hear, that and hear these in that way. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding which must be of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. that you give us your word. Lord, I thank you for this passage that points us to uh, lasting blessedness, to rejoicing. Lord, would you uh, open our eyes that we would see Jesus? Would you soften our hearts that we would uh, receive from you? Would you open our ears? that these words would um, sink deep down and shape us, shape this community, shape us as Christians. Now, Lord, would uh, the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. For we ask it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, about a week and a half ago, um, Melissa's niece, Molly, and my nephew, Owen turned one on the same day, which when I found out they had the same birthday, I thought, you know, the stars are aligning. God's speaking to me. I'm supposed to marry this woman. Um, no, there were all kinds of other reasons. That's, that's not it. Um, well, of course, okay, one of the joys of, of, ch of children, of little infants, is that you get to see them grow up. They're no longer zero. Now they're one. Soon they will be 18. I'm sorry to tell you that, parents. They grow up. Um, but there's, actually, there's so many joys that go along with that, right? So many joys. Um, 
We get so excited when they can roll over. Did, did you see that? <laughs> that baby just rolled over. Um, we get so excited when they can sit up straight. Um, I am thrilled to tell you that Owen has two, two teeth now. Isn't that awesome? He just grew two teeth. Um, and we get so excited and we mimic their funny expressions back to them with their like, cute little like, button-nosed faces. And it's, it's just tons of fun. They bring us so much happiness. My little nephew was born three months early, actually. Uh, three months prematurely. He spent three months in the hospital right after he was born. And so you can imagine that with my family, um, getting to see him roll over, I, any baby rolling over is cool, okay? But my little nephew, who was in the NICU in Norfolk for three months, getting to see him roll over is, that's like what, the highlight of, of a month for someone, right? It's just such deep joy. Well, and th this is the case across the board. We, we love little children. Maybe some of you saw. the first year of four children around the world. Okay, it didn't matter if the child was from the United States or Siberia or Africa or, I forget the fourth one, the other place. Everyone finds One of the ways that you make babies laugh, one of the first games that you teach anyone is the game of hide and seek, right? We all know how to play this with little infants. You cover your face and then you uncover your face they can see your whole body, but you cover your face, you uncover your face, and you say, boo. You know, it's, I'll, let me teach you if you don't Whoa! Um, and, it, and that's very simple. That's why, we all, that's why we all know how to play it, or you all know how to play it now that I just taught you. Um, <laughs> but it grows in complexity, right? So you, you graduate from being a toddler, and you're kind of in elementary school, and you get to now use the whole house to hide. So you go into the pantry, some people hide under their covers, but there's still a bump on their bed. Or you hide underneath the bed if you're kind of sly. And it grows in complexity. And then you get into high school, and maybe, maybe you've done this in this church building, but like youth groups will get together and they'll play sardines. Tons of fun. If you don't know how to play it, you should play it. Hide and seek grows in its complexity. And I know some of you parents hear about hide and seek, and you think, 1 Corinthians 13.11, right? When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I reasoned like a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I gave up childish things. That's what you think when you think hide and seek. It's not true, though. Hide and seek just grows. You're, you're still playing hide and seek, though, with all kinds of things. But there, here's what we do. We think happiness, we think joy, uh, will be ours. We think we won't have to live through sorrow if we can just hide some things in our lives. If other people just won't really know what's going on. If we can just keep this part of our life to ourselves, if, we, if they only knew who we really were, then surely happiness wouldn't be ours. We wouldn't laugh like we did when we were an infant, playing hide and boo. Um, and so we cover over. We cover over. I think, uh, I want to say this text, this passage longs for your happiness, okay? It longs for you to be happy. Verse 1 says blessed. Verse 2 says blessed. Uh, that's actually better translated happy. Happy. Okay, verse 10 and 11, I mean, verse 11 says, 
uh, be glad. version sort of the bible the message maybe some of you are familiar with this he says in verse 11 raise the roof party which seems kind of strange to me but you get the idea like have a good time rejoice be happy um but it's an odd way of saying it. this te this text is strange um uh, for for longing for your happiness because basically what it's saying is stop playing hide and seek don't play hide-and-seek with your sin. Be honest before God. Don't cover... ...in that sort of action of openness and honesty and no longer playing hide-and-seek that you will find the deepest joys and the deepest happinesses. Is happiness is a word? I don't know. Um, you'll find deep happiness. I want to say two things. It's, they're very simple i got to keep in front of the mic. Okay. Um, they're very simple. I'm going to say this. Covering your sin, playing hide-and-seek with your sin, brings death, not life. It brings sorrow. Finding your hiding place in the gracious God that we worship will bring you joy and happiness. It will. Very simple. One, covering your sin, playing hide-and-seek with it, brings death, not life. It's uh, sort, of, sort of strange. You prayed for your friend in Phoenix, Arizona. I got a video a couple months ago of a dust cloud that came over Phoenix, Arizona. Did anyone see this? It was amazing. And, uh, it was a mile and a half high. And get this, 50 miles wide. Somehow, CNN, or that was the website I saw it on, got this video of this dust cloud coming over the city. And the, uh, the report that I read said that uh, cars had to stop on the interstate, the flights couldn't come in and out of the city. Pushed over Phoenix, Arizona. And some of you have places in your lives, I, I would bet all of you, have places in your lives where you wish just a big dust cloud like that would completely come over. No one can see in. No one can see into it. You want to hide within this deep, dark cloud. What this text is, would tell thankfully for Phoenix. But what happens is that life stopped. You have to remain motionless. You can't keep going when you can't see anything. Okay, so we do this. We, you and I alike, do this sorts of thing. We cover, hide ourselves, get inside a deep cloud in all kinds of ways. Um, some people do it through just not wanting to engage with other people on sort of deeper levels. I don't know if y'all have like a small group ministry here. But let's, let's be honest, sometimes people don't like being in small groups because they are intimidating. Uh, some of you, and in fact most of us on some level, don't really like the idea of kind of circling up together and talking about our lives. Well, not too much. Um, and we do this in part with some very good reasons. We have good reasons. Um, that's a reason. That's a, that's a pretty good reason to stay quiet. Um, 
People are gossips. People in the church gossip. They do. Um, and start opening up if you think you might get hurt. Or if you think when you're sharing something with someone, uncovering yourself, um, will, 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 what, you, what, you, what you'll find is that other people end up start talking about you. You don't want to do that. You know? It, it seems like... That actually sometimes sounds better than opening up. Bones wasting away some, sometimes sounds better. Um, some of you probably actually have that experience in your marriage. You probably do. Where you have confessed sin, you have uh, uncovered yourself before your spouse, um, and yet they, they use that sin against you in argument. They bring it up later on, and it hurts. It hurts like a knife stabbing you in the side. So why, why do it? Why be honest even with, your, even with the person you're supposed to be the most intimate with? Why do it if they're going to bring, up, bring it up again? So we uh, create blocks. We build defenses. We try to hide within deep dust clouds. Uh, now here's an interesting thing is that others of us do it by opening up. What do I mean by that? Um, well, okay, take, for example, church leaders. Okay, <laughs> Leaders. I'm a church leader, right? Or some of you are elders. Some of you work maybe with Young Life. You're on RUF leadership team. Sanctification. Like, there are some, there's some lingo that we use within the Christian church that's actually good to learn. But what some of us have done is we've learned how to speak about sin uh, publicly. Some of don't really have to speak about it, you know? Uh, you can kind of just gloss over things by sort of touching on them, but not too much. Some of you need to be even more honest. Pornography is killing me sexually. Or I struggle with anger, but some of you need to be more honest. Uh, I, I, I yelled at my spouse this week. And I'm not saying, of course, no one would tell you, do this with anyone, you know? I'm not going to get up here and tell you every single way I sinned against anyone this week. That would be unwise. And I, in fact, I think the Bible teaches us that we don't always need to be completely open. You can actually hide. I want, I want, I want you to hear this. You can hide by being open. You can um, play hide and seek. You can cover over your sin either by not speaking or by speaking in a way that just is just too vague. Um, brothers and sisters, friends, uh, don't play hide and seek with your sin. You have to remain motionless. Right? I mean, if you move, if you move, someone will find you. Uh, Proverbs 28, 13 says this. It says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Okay, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper.
confess when you hide? Why do you not prosper? With God, in your relationship with God, or in your relationship with other people? Because you have to remain motionless, right? But any, any relationship, whether, the, whether this is with God or with your spouse or with your friends, demands interaction. You have to move towards one another. You have to move. And when you're high, um, you don't prosper because you, because you feel awkward moving towards someone when you know that you have something you need to share with them. That's the same way with God. Okay, uh, children, here, here's, here's an example if, I, if this works for you. When I was little, sometimes my You want the chocolate chip cookie right after it, when it's still hot, right? The best time to eat a chocolate chip cookie is when, it's, when the chocolate's melting, right? Um, so, you know, she, she, my mom would bake them, say, for me to bring to school or some other thing, and they're supposed to remain on the cookie rack, but the best time to eat is when they're hot. I go off to my room with one of those warm cookies. And you eat it kind of like, where, where is she? And the next time you interact with your mother, her head. And does she, is, does she videotape like everything? You don't know if she saw you, even though she was, you You, you wonder, did she see me? And that's, that's, in some ways, that's how all sin works. You For one, yes, he did. Um, but, but there's this awkwardness. There's not a movement in his direction. There's not a movement to- towards the direction of someone you've hurt because you wonder, how will they receive it? How will they receive it? But this psalm is just like the proverb, you know? The person who conceals doesn't prosper but the one who confesses obtains mercy. Let me read again verses 1 through uh, 2 and then 5 through 7. No, verses 1 and 2. It says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there's no deceit. Verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, Let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. See, basically what what the passage says is you can do two things with your sin. Okay? Two things. You, You can try to cover it, or you can let Jesus cover it. You only have two options. You either, you either hide under the dust cloud or you go out in the open. And you say, I want you to be my hiding place. Um, since I am... 
bear with me. It's that time of life, right? Since I'm getting married in October, one of the things I've been doing is I've been reading books on marriage and listening to sermons and talks and trying to just get in as much as I can and you're going to be prepared. Give it up. Uh, or maybe you wouldn't say quite that, but, you know, we want to be prepared. So we're reading all of these fun books and listening to good stuff. And one of the things that, that happens in a lot of these books or what a lot of authors do and, and preachers do when they're talking about marriage is they, get, they go back to the first man and the first woman, right? Adam and Eve. And they do this in all kinds of ways. Some of them are fun. All of them are serious. Um, one is, uh, the one reference that I've read a couple times is that, the, uh, that God walked with them in the garden. Okay? So with your spouse, walk with God together. Um, another is that uh, in, the, in the fall, the way that the fall affects uh, men and women in chapter 3 of Genesis is actually a little bit different. Uh, one, the man, most of the effects of it have to do with his work, okay, uh, toil and thorns and stuff like that, and the women, woman is mostly relationally, childbearing and things like that, okay, so they go off on excursions on that. Um, the, the way, though, that I most uh, hear where it says, uh, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Okay, yes, that is actually talking about physical nakedness, okay? But it's talking about so much more than that. Made all over is what we long for in life. And what God actually intended for you is deep intimacy with himself, okay? Walking with him By them, and uh, why, why we don't do that? We 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 talked about that. It's difficult. How are they going to receive some of the things I have to say to them? You know, are are they still going to look at me? They look at me and say, "Yuck." I long to know you. Um, here's the thing. If you have experienced being completely open with someone in some way that you found, you thought you were going to be, it was, it was so fearful to share that thing with them, but then you did, and they looked at you in love, that's It's incredibly powerful to be, to be completely open with someone and to have them say, I love you. Um, that is basically what David is saying right here. Being completely open and being completely loved is, is where you will find happiness. And here's the thing with... ...come to, together as a people is we, we come together because we believe that we worship an all-holy God. What does that mean? 
A God who's perfect. A God who's completely perfect. Do, does anyone, do you like sharing things with someone when you think, they have no clue what I'm talking about? It's harder, isn't it? Okay, God is completely perfect. Completely perfect. And he longs for you to run to him with your sin, to confess to him, and to find grace and forgiveness and mercy. Okay. Uh, that's what David says he's, is happening here. Um, he, God looks at us, and he knows us. He looks at us, and he knows us. It's amazing. This, ver- this, this chapter mentions sin so many times, okay? Uh, verse 1, sin is mentioned. Uh, verse 2, deceit and iniquity is mentioned. Verse 3, uh, the person is keeping silent. That's sinning against God. Um, Verse 5, sin is mentioned again, iniquity is mentioned again, transgression, iniquity, sin. That's five times just in verse 5 alone, okay? Um, We we can keep going. God knows knows you. David says, this is who I am. God God knows that you are full of sin and transgressions and iniquities and deceit. Um, And yet, it's it's amazing. What, What does he say that he does with those things? He, uh, he covers them. He's, he forgives them in verse 1. He covers them. He c- doesn't count iniquity against them. Um, he says, actually, there's no deceit in them. Um, in verse 6. And he says, I'm going to be your hiding place. In verse 7. Hide in me. In verse 7. See, uh, these are two things that we think almost can't go together. This is how we interact in our relationships. We think these two things can't go together, that someone would totally know who we are, and that they would know actually the ugly parts of us. I mean, five times mentioned in verse five alone, God knows. We don't think these two things can go together, but what he says is he... That's that, that, that little joy that you get, actually, it's not a little joy, it's a deep joy. That deep joy you get when you share something with a friend that you think, no way, how would they love me beyond this? But they do. God knows everything. He says, come, confess to me, find your hiding place in me, and be glad. party. Uh, it's such a strange way to end, verses 10 and 11, right? 10 says, many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Okay. Okay. That's all of us. But we don't want sorrow, right? We want joy. We want happiness. We want sunny days that don't reach 90 degrees. Um, we want happiness. And what, and, and what this is saying is that uh, all of us are wicked, and yet if you play hide... ...prosper, and this passage says you will find happiness. You will find happiness. The Lord loves to forgive. That's what he does. He loves to hear you confess your sin to him. He will, he will be full of grace to you. He, he will open, open his arms to you. You will find a hiding place, a place of rest in him. You will not have to tiptoe around, you know, with the cookie. 
going upstairs, wondering if there's video cameras. No. He says, he says I'm going to give you the deepest joy. So my, my, uh, my favorite experience with hide-and-seek uh, happened not this year, but the, basically the whole year be, before that. Because uh, before I moved out here, I was helping to plant a church in Bellingham, Washington, which is just south of Vancouver, B.C., where Camper was before coming here. Bellingham, Washington. So I, I would work doing, uh, working with architects and engineers Monday through Thursday, and then I would help out with this church plant that my friend was the pastor of. Friday through Sunday, and he had five kids, five and under. So basically, my help just meant babysitting a lot of times. And um, of course, I didn't see, of course, right? And so I was normally the one seeking. I was the seeker. And uh, so I would, you know, hide, one, two, and they would go find, you know, hide behind a curtain. That was Will's favorite spot. And then Lucy would just hide underneath the table. So, you know, so you go nine, ten, and you can, like, see them all. Um, but what would also happen is when, when I would say nine and ten, learn as an infant, um, but they would jump out. And they would, they would be laughing so. But it was so much fun. It was so much fun. They were jumping out and saying, here I am. Silent. Don't let your bones waste away. Don't do that with one another. You are the body of Christ. James in chapter 5 says, confess your sins one to another. Um. He loves to forgive, and he promises that in coming to him in confession and receiving his forgiveness, he will give you joy. He will bring happiness to lives that are filled with lament, filled with sorrow, filled with sin. He will give you joy. Let's pray together.